Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! It's a me. It's uh, your man. It's Old Walls. And I'm back again. Ladies and gentlemen, Old Walls House, episode number 77, coming your way. Uh, before we get into that, uh, let's uh, let's do a little housekeeping. So first of all, I want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you guys for uh, continuing to watch, to listen. Uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, you guys know where you find me. Um, thank you guys for checking out the live show. Thank you for checking out the pod in general. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, I I keep doing this. I keep having fun and, you know, engaging with the, the guys who listen to this. Uh, I appreciate all you guys. So so thank you so much for that. And if you guys could, please rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Let them know. Old Walls House. Old Walls House. That's the place to be. Uh, fun show coming up. Got a couple guests. Ethan E. Sexton. And uh, and producer Kevy coming on, coming on the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some some summer movies, some summer blockbusters. We we're going a few tangents elsewhere as well, but uh, yeah, it's a fun show. Talk about some guardians, talk the golf as my passing passing thoughts as well. So uh, really fun show. Before we dive into that, we've got a uh, we've got ad read to do here, folks. Uh, a live ad read, as they call it, uh, Liquid IV. Um, the people at Liquid IV they tell me it's uh, it's festival season. And uh, you're supposed to be talking about planning out your outfits and doing long hours and dancing and partying and hot temperatures. Um, and liquid IV hydrates you two times faster than water alone with uh, three times the amount of electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Myself, I'm not much of a festival goer, but uh, some long, hot days on the, the golf course, a few beverages of the adult variety, uh, a liquid IV at the start, maybe at the finish the next morning. Um, that, that could be helpful. So yeah, liquid IV, uh, I like the convenient packaging, you know, just a little, little one-stop shop there, all sorts of different flavors. Uh, Concord grape, uh, is my personal favorite, but they got uh, a new sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Um, so, you know, one stick liquid IV, 16 ounces of water, put them together, hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Uh, five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, uh, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy, uh, made with premium ingredients. So, um, And Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is a foundation of a healthier world. So here's the deal. Get 20% off when you use my promo code that will be listed in the uh, in the description. I don't know how good Kevy is. Maybe you can put it right on the screen for those. Um, but yeah, liquidiv.com is where you can go, or you can click my link. Click my link. It's a better idea. idea. Um, and you'll get 20% off with my promo code, promo code OWH, Ol Walls House, OWH. So uh, 20% off at liquidiv.com. Um, and like I said, Everything you'll need is in, uh, like in the show notes. Um, so um, when you're ready to shop better hydration, use my link, code OWH, saves you 20% off. 
All right, let's get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcoming back two of our favorite guests. First off, as I work my way left to right on my screen, uh, I see Ethan E. Sexton. E, how are we doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Wally. Thanks for having me back. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, we're going to give you more than six minutes this time, and uh, joining him today is uh, the one, the only, producer Kevy making his his first appearance in video, second uh, second appearance on the pod. Kevy, how are we doing? Producer implies that I have more to do with the content than I do. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just here for the videos. Hey. The, uh, there would be no video pod without you, so there is uh, you have a lot to do in it, uh, gentlemen. Today, we're gonna we're gonna talk some movies, uh, kind of the the summer blockbuster movie schedule, kind of what's coming out. Um, maybe some we've already seen, you know, some of them have already come out and may have already seen some of them. Uh, so, E, I know you're a, you're pro, a prolific movie watcher. Uh, what what have you thought so far of the uh, the slate this year? Maybe even pre pre summer blockbuster stuff. But what do you got? Yeah, uh, not bad, not bad so far. I think you know I was counting them up before I jumped on here, and I've seen uh, ten movies that have come out in theaters so far this year. So uh, at the halfway point, you know, not I'm I'm well off my pace of last year. I think I saw like thirty some, um, but ten seen ten. Wait, movies. thirty by um, thirty by June of last year or thirty total. I think I saw like 32 or 33 total through the whole year. So plenty of time left, you know. Um, (laughs) But, you know, yeah, I've seen 10 movies. Uh, I'll just run through them real quick. Megan, Knock at the Cabin, Creed 3, Cocaine Bear, Scream 4. Scream 4? Scream 4. Scream 6? Scream 6. Scream 6, sorry. Uh, John Wick 4, there we go. Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Bones Afraid, Air, and Asteroid City. Oh, Air was good. I saw Air. I enjoyed Air. Air was great. How'd you like Asteroid City? Uh, you know, I hate to say it because I really like Wes Anderson a lot, but it was just kind of so-so. I mean, looked beautiful, you know, classic Wes, like it's going to look great. Um, but I don't know, man. I I was pretty lukewarm on it, and I was pretty lukewarm on the French Dispatch. So I've been a little uh, little hit or miss on, on Wes lately, ever since Grand Budapest Hotel, which is one of my most-watched movies probably ever. I feel like he's buying into his own brand a little too hard. And that's like, I mean, it's hard to top yourself once you've gone so far into your own mythos, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Matt, I haven't seen it, but I'm excited. If you Matt like Dillon West, is an Android city. I haven't seen him in a movie in forever. It feels like Matt Dillon. Yep. He's in there. Oh yeah. Yep. So it's, Matt, it's a uh, classic Wes Anderson. Cause you got the big ensemble cast, you know, and uh, there's a lot of famous people in it, which, makes it appealing. Like even my parents were like, you know, like, you know, Tom Hanks, they, they like some of Wes Anderson's movies and they're like, Tom Hanks is in there. You know, we're interested in checking it out just cause like Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, like there's a lot of big names in the movie, which has sort of been his thing. The last few films. Uh, I just, I, you know, I didn't love it as much as some of his uh, earlier work. <laughs> Kevin, what, definitely, I'm looking forward to it. But, what, yeah. what movies have you seen so far this year? Kevin, anything jump out to you? As far as in theaters, I've seen like two things and they were both superhero movies. So Guardians 3 and the Spider-Verse 2 were both great. Um, but they're both like big Disney spectacle, very blockbustery uh, movies. So they fit the theme. But yeah, I stream mostly. And I have like a sort of like a home theater situation, sweet sound set up in a projector. So it, I, I catch a lot of movies, but I don't I don't keep track because I also binge like constantly. So it's a... Uh, like, even right now, Curb Your Enthusiasm is just, like, playing. <laughs> um, 
So, uh, yeah, but Guardians was probably... How do you guys want to... Did we go over how we're going to define um, blockbusters? Just no, not it. really. Just go for it. <laughs> Guardians seems like it hits the, hits the mold. I think Guardians came out first of our, like, summery type. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still playing in theaters. I, I think it's still playing in theaters, at least in New York. Um, I loved it. It was great. Didn't think I was going to cry watching a raccoon, but I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was James Gunn. He's done now with the Marvel stuff, right? Well, probably, because he's like, now he's the king of DC's was... new universe. Did he do The Flash, too? Nah, so, like, The Flash is a weird one, because production on that, or, like, story production on that started in, like, the 80s. Like, legitimately, they've been trying to make a Flash movie for, like, 40 years. Okay. Um, so, there's a lot of backlog of that existing. And this is, like, I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, but I, I know, I read all the trades, so I know who's, what's happening. I, don't, I want to avoid spoilers, too. I might be saying too much about it. I've heard and mixed it, reviews on The Flash. Does that... I mean, that, yeah, and it also stars a guy who like legitimately kidnapped a person and held him yeah. captive in a Vermont hospital, in, like the woods in Vermont, and then again a second time in Hawaii. There's like a whole, yeah, yeah. As a ruler, maybe not, maybe not the most trustworthy. Uh, Didn't he like flee the country for a bit? I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> he, had some, he had some pretty serious legal troubles. That's what we know for sure. Yeah, allegedly. There's a, uh, and there are. I don't want to. No spoilers, but there's some. There are some good scenes in the Flash. I'm told, uh, and it's directed by the guy who did that. Uh, he's done mostly horror movies. He did that movie Mama from a couple years ago. It's like uh, the girl finds the spirit, and you never really like see the monster. It's one of those like more in your brain, but you do kind of. Uh, Andy, Andy did it. Andy, Andy Mashadi. Yeah, that's it. I, I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Totally yeah, butchering that name. There's no way Wally pronounced it right. Yeah. <laughs> One of Ethan's yeah, uh, favorite like moments of the pod is watching, listening to me try and pronounce people's uh, fighters' names. Yeah, and just completely butchering that the whole it's a way. Good <laughs> Yo, I want to see you try to pronounce the uh, the star of Blue Beetle. He's the guy. Um, oh God, it's the kid from Cobra Kai, not the son of Johnny, but the other Jerry. I don't remember his name. Blue Beetle. I know how to say it, so I can't oh, say it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell it first. It's X-O-L-O. First name is X-O-L-O. Last name M-A-R-I-D-U-E-N-A. As Zolo Maradinha. I was going to go think. with Zolo, and then I was probably would have said Maradu- Maradinha. Maradinha. Maradinha sounds good. <laughs> Meridania sounds not bad. See, I get really hung up when they start getting into um, like Eastern European names. I just butcher the shit out of those. There's a lot of hidden sounds and yeah. letters going on. It's uh, it's tough. Um, <laughs> if you don't have that, yeah. So those were kind of so Flash Guardians three. Ethan, not much. Uh, those aren't really Ethan style. A little too whiz bangy for Ethan. Did you see Spider-Verse yet? Spider-Verse 2 is like sort of transcendent of the superhero genre because it's got some some wild animation. Probably the most like heavily produced animated film of all time. Like a thousand animators. No joke. Yeah. I, uh, I need to see Spider-Verse 1 still, but I, I do want to give both of those a chance because I've heard uh, very good things about both of them. Yeah. They're also like um, 
I don't know if you read comics at all, but I'm familiar. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, who like wrote Ultimate Spider-Man for 10 years, is like a, a comic guy. Uh, had a lot to do with these movies, and it's yeah, his influence is super apparent. The stories are great. The animation is sick. It's a blast. The like comic book community, the comic book nerds, I mean, whatever you want to call them, like they love it, right? Like they find them to be some of the better adaptions. I think so. And also because they're like, they don't try to be a thing that already exists. They are like exclusively this. We're not just an adaptation. We are like a, a thing like, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I was talking about or thinking to myself is, so that's the what, like ninth Spider-Man, ninth or 10th Spider-Man they've made in like 20 years now. Yep. Uh, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple Venoms and, uh, yep. Morbius and uh, Craven the Hunter is coming out, and uh, so we yeah. have we have a bunch of those. We have ten Fast and the Furious with more on the way. How many yeah. uh, Transformers is coming out this summer again, or just has come out? Rise of the Beast. How it's many is gone. that? <laughs> I don't know. I lost track after the Mark Wahlberg after the first Wahlberg. I I've lost. Uh, I think I saw the first Wahlberg in theaters and was like, "This is awful." Like. The first couple were enjoyable. They were stupid, but, like, fun. By the time they started getting to Wahlberg and being, like, three hours, I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like, this is just too much. <laughs> Weirdly, I they somehow, like, lost their audience as well because, like, by the time Bumblebee came around, I don't know anyone that watched it, but my dad was super excited about it. And I was like, this isn't this isn't who you're aiming for with Bumblebee. <laughs> I think I saw Bumblebee. I saw Bumblebee, yeah. actually. Didn't love it. Yeah, it sucked. I, I saw I everything. I honestly actually. don't think I've ever seen a single Transformers movie. Not even the first one. With my, not even the Michael Bay's. Apparently, chronologically, this one, Rise of the Beasts, takes place after Bumblebee and before the first Transformers movie from 2007. So you're you're starting at a good spot. <laughs> I won't be starting at all. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, what other uh, ridiculous movies are coming out this summer? Um, so I think we're kind of in the, we're getting into the summer gauntlet, right? Like Asteroid City yeah. just came out Friday, this Friday, we've got Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested in that because, you know, the, the original three movies are incredible movies, right? They're a lot of fun. Uh, I just rewatched Last Crusade this week. That's a great That's movie. You know, you got Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones. Sean Connery's playing his dad. They're looking for the Holy Grail. That's a great, you know, it's a, it's a good time. Really good, fun movie. Uh, I never saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, right? The one with uh, Shia LaBeouf. But I'm in on uh, Harrison Ford in general. Big fan. Uh, Star Wars, obviously. Indiana Jones. He's Han Solo and Indiana Jones, two of the most iconic characters in cinema history, I would, I would argue. And then he's done so many other great things. You got, you know, Air Force One. Uh, one of my favorite movies is The Fugitive, where he plays Dr. Richard Kimball, mm -hmm. and that movie rules. Like, that movie rules. So, Harrison Ford, you know, he's like 81 years old, I think. I'm interested to, to see this movie. I'll probably check it out. Uh, I, I never heard good things about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I believe you both just gave me a thumbs down on that. <laughs> so, I'm not that optimistic it'll be great, but uh, I like Harrison Ford, and James Mangold's the director, and, you know, he's done some movies that i really like including 
Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, well, Topland from the 90s with Sylvester Stallone and Girl Interrupted. And, um, Kevin, I know I've talked to you about this before, but Logan is like one of the best superhero movies that I still haven't seen yet. But I want to watch Logan because everyone says it's it's basically kind of like a, uh, a a Western or like a, a, a almost like a samurai type story or something like that. So it's very yeah. It's a uh, I'm confident that this is not to cut you off. What were no, you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say. So I'm 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 pretty optimistic uh, about the new Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, definitely. You hit a lot of point. Yeah, uh, James Mangold. I have like a lot of faith in him now. Um, he also did uh, that Johnny Cash biopic from Walk way back. Uh, yeah, he did Walk the Line. He did uh, 310 to Yuma. He did the Wolverine uh, that came before Logan and was like totally different stylistically. And then Logan, they let him kind of do like his own sunsetting of Wolverine. And it it's it's good. Like it's different, but it's good. And uh, yeah, this one, Spielberg and George Lucas had like virtually nothing to do with the development. So I'm, I'm like pretty... I don't know. I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm definitely intrigued in that one for with that one for sure. And um, and Harrison Ford going through a real career renaissance right now. He's like starring in uh, Shrinking on yeah. Apple. Great show. And he was in the Yellowstone prequel, right? So, he is. Yeah, he's, I, I just he's think pretty he's, good in that. He's just like straight up like cool. Like anything he's in, <laughs> he's just like cool, right? Like so, I'll I'll give him a shot for sure. He's also like a he flies planes like as a hobby, and then apparently like during a forest fires a couple of years ago, before he had like some sort of accident doing it, and then he quit flying because yeah. But uh, back when he was like still super flying, he used to fly like rescue missions and shit. He's like yeah. actually a great person in addition to yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely in on that one. And then Wally, I know one that you're probably pretty excited for is uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One with our guy Tom Cruise. I am. Love me some Cruise. Love me some Cruise. Listen, um, I don't know anyone that doesn't like Cruise except for the roommate. She's up, I was just going to say, she's upstairs. <laughs> she she came around a little bit on him in Maverick, but she still cannot stand the original Top Gun, which is blasphemy. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for uh, the new Mission Impossible. A uh, couple fun facts. Uh, one year for Christmas, I think in like 2006, 2007, not long after Mission Impossible 3 came out, I got the Mission Impossible DVD box set. They have now since made more movies since that point than they did when I got that. Yeah. Um, and I, full disclosure, I still have to watch um, Fallout. I've still not seen Mission Impossible Fallout. I've seen all the rest. Um, I actually plan to watch Fallout today at some point. Uh, but yeah, I want to watch that one, so I'm kind of like caught up in, uh, in watching all those. Um, I love the new Mission Impossible movies. Like, it's just kind of, they could be like 20 minutes shorter, maybe. But other than that, I love them. Um, and I am super excited. And Tom Cruise is driving a fucking motorcycle off a cliff. And I've seen like the, like, you know, the the shot of him actually doing it. And then they do the CGI and like compare them. Um, that dude is nuts. So I'm all in. I'm all in on Cruise. Like, whatever that dude fires up, I'm going to see. He's insane. But like, I'm not gonna not watch. This, oh, yeah. this he's, movie he's not this movie is almost three hours long, which is like <laughs> it speaks to your like, do they need to be that long? Probably not. But it all is, I a, know is like oh, yeah. And and it's part one. 
right? Yeah. Like, there's part two in 2024. But, like, all I know is it's Tom Cruise, who is arguably still the biggest movie star in the world. Like, he puts out a movie, people are going to see it because he's in it. And he's teaming up with Christopher McQuarrie, who is directing. And McQuarrie didn't direct Top Gun Maverick, but he was heavily involved. I think he wrote the script. And, like, so I've got full faith in that those two as a duo. And it's Mission Impossible. It's, it's going to be fun, even if it's not the greatest thing you've ever seen. So, And that that after what Maverick did, I mean, the box office for this movie has got to be, you know, it's it's going to be massive, you got to think. The fact that every movie starts with this message will self-destruct. Yeah. <laughs> Un- unassailable, like, logline, right? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> just w- great way to start any movie, and then you're just off. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best self-destruct thing like he got in some of the move in some of the top guns or not top in the mission impossibles what's like the best i like he's he's hung up the phone it's been like a phone he had the sunglasses in one of them where it was like a sunglass message that he flipped off the sunglasses yeah, and then it was like that google read before google read yeah i think <laughs> that was my favorite glass it came through the sunglasses and then then he flips them off and they explodes and he's like turning around walking badass and then the the Mission Impossible music, which is some of the greatest theme music ever, yep. starts starts hitting. Dude, we got some big themes coming this summer uh, between indie and mm. uh, yep. yeah, some good themes. And Oppenheimer, oh man, that is gonna. That's stop. where I was just going next. That <laughs> might be the movie I'm most excited for. July twenty first. They have like a happy meal option where you can either pick Oppenheimer or Barbie. And Barbie actually looks pretty good. It and does. it's directed by Greta Gerwig. She was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. Noah Baumbach co wrote a bunch of uh Wes Anderson's best movies. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, so that no I'm cook yeah, on they, Barbie. Let him cook. They both come out on July twenty first and um Oppenheimer's like three hours long and Barbie's like an hour and a half. So theoretically you could do a double feature if you're uh, <laughs> you know if you have a theater that's gonna make the show the showtimes line up. I feel like um, the play there is to start with Oppenheimer. Yeah. Three hours. I don't know. There's there's no way that movie's gonna end and you're gonna feel great. Like No, although dude, I'm telling you, the, the newest trailer for Barbie, I just saw it when I saw Asteroid City and yeah. There's some uh, there's some Bo is afraid vibes going on, man. Like there's some uh, is this uh, like psycho psycho Barbie daydream or something? That at one point Margot Robbie's like on the dance floor with the other Barbies, and she just like has the fake Barbie smile on. She's like, "Do you guys ever think about dying?" And I'm telling you, there's some there's some Bo is afraid vibes going on. I I just I just Google searched it, and the Wikipedia page uh, under premise it is a one sentence premise. After being expelled from Barbie land for being less than a perfect doll, Barbie and Ken set off to the real world to find true happiness. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. On, on July 21st, I'm probably going to go see Oppenheimer. But some, <laughs> eventually, I think I'll see Barbie. Um, I like Noah Baumbach in general. Uh, you know, it's Greta Gerwig's film. She's directing. But he co-wrote with her. They're, uh, I don't think they're married, but they're together. And, and they work together. They did Francis Ha. Yeah. They did, uh, yeah. And I don't like Greta Gerwig as an actress that much. She was in White Noise, uh, which was a Noah Baumbach film that came out uh, on streaming in December. I think it came out like New Year's Eve or something like that. And I watched it. And I don't really care for her as an actress that much, but she makes pretty good films. And I like Noah Baumbach's, most of Noah Baumbach's films. So I'm definitely going to give Barbie a shot. But uh, of the two, I'm, I, I got to say, I'm probably more looking forward to Oppenheimer. 
Uh, everybody knows Christopher Nolan, loves Christopher Nolan, makes huge movies. Uh, sort of like I've been with Wes Anderson, I've been a little hit or miss with Nolan lately. Um, but anytime he puts out a film, I think it's, you know, something that I, I got to go check out. And he shoots on film. He's one of the last few uh, directors to do no digital. It's yep. all authentic light on. Yeah. Him and QB. Uh, I yeah, feel this like is his that'll not shooting on film will be like a good thing for this, for Oppenheimer to like, like it'll make it feel like more right. They still do. It's it's misle- They still do digital effects on things that are shot on film. There's just an aesthetic to seventy millimeter film that isn't replicable, really. Like you can, they they've tried, it, I, but yeah. Um, but this is also his first film in twenty years to not be distributed by WB, and his first R-rated film in twenty years. So there's a uh, a lot to look forward to there for sure. Yeah, it, you know one thing with his films is like it's going to be an event. Like he's he might detonate a real nuclear warhead. <laughs> they did use actual explosives, um, not nuclear, obviously, but they went back to the Trinity site, like in White Sands, and did. Uh, they they built a miniature town. They built they used miniatures, but still actual. Yeah. He might blow up a some sort of atomic device in the film, but like it's going to be a cool movie. I just you know, a lot of my arg- my arguments against Nolan is his obsession with time, like in Tenet and in uh, Inception. Like, I, it's shit gets confusing a lot of times, and maybe I'm just too dumb to follow along. Very well could be, <laughs> but Oppenheimer's like a, a basically a biopic, you know. So I, I, I have pretty high hopes for that. I think it'll be a pretty cool movie. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's based on a book that was pretty widely hailed. I didn't write down what it was called, yeah. but um, yeah. American Prometheus. There you go. From like 2005. I remember it being 2005 yep. by K-Bird and Martin J. Sherwin. <laughs> the um, the cast list for this is incredible. Yep. Um, Cillian Murphy, obviously, because he has to be in like all of Nolan's movies pretty much. Uh, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Damon, Rami Malek, Florence Pugh, uh, Josh Harnett. Uh, talk about somebody I didn't know was still acting. Uh, haven't seen him in forever. I'm trying to. I'm pulling up his Wikipedia right now to see what the last time I saw him in a movie was that I remember. Halloween so give me a minute, low, baby. <laughs> I don't know if that was his last movie or not, but that's the last one that I remember being in. I think Pearl Harbor was probably after that. He was in Pearl Harbor, right? Pearl Harbor was 01. Yeah. So Halloween H2O, H2O was, like was his first movie. Oh, okay. He was in, I remember. He was a legit movie star, though, man, because he was in Pearl Harbor. He was in, like, Lucky Number Slevin, I think. And he was in, he was in uh, Black Hawk Down, which is a good Ridley Scott movie. And I think he was in The Faculty, which is a cool movie from, like, the late 90s with uh, Robert Rodriguez, right? Or Richard. Robert Rodriguez? Faculty. Yeah. yeah. Which is, like, I'm not going to, like, stand and say it's, like, an awesome movie, but it's an interesting movie. It's kind of fun, so. But anyway, I didn't mean to go down the Josh Hartnett uh, wormhole here. I am. I'm fully down it. The last <laughs> movie I remember him being in was in 2003 in Hollywood Homicide with uh, with one Harrison Ford. Here we go. The Fordisans. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Sin City, though. I'm trying to see. Like, did I see any 30 Everybody Days was of like- Night? That was such a stylized movie. I, like, don't remember anyone no. being in Sin City. <laughs> he was uh, just in the uh, the Jason Statham thriller, Wrath of Man. 
as Dave Sweet Boy, or sorry, Dave Boy Sweet Hancock. Wrath of Man is a uh, Guy Ritchie. Uh, Guy Ritchie film, right? Yeah. I wrote down Jason Statham somewhere. Oh yeah, for the September twenty second. The Meg 2, and also September 22nd, The Expendables 4. Yeah, baby, I have that on the list. Let's go. <laughs> I, I had that, too. I was like, I was looking into it a little bit, and the guy who wrote it apparently has another movie that is, like, done being shot, and they're still shopping it, starring Jason Statham, called The Beekeeper. <laughs> Dude, se- September is, like, the month for uh, movies that probably aren't going to be good, but that might kick a lot of ass between Expendables 4 and The Equalizer 3 with Denzel. <laughs> Yeah, I love me some Denzel <laughs> movies, man. Hell yeah, like, dude. The Equalizers man on fire, like, movies. come on, dude. Denzel just going to kick people's ass, like, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. I didn't realize when I, uh, when I wrote down Expendables four, that we have gone full Fast and the Furious uh, name stylization with this, where it's yeah. expend, expend four B L E S. I love it. Hell yeah. Maybe that's a sign you've made too many movies when you're like, how do we do the names now? And you just start putting letters and numbers and like interchanging them or it just calling really your movie like, the same thing again. Expendables 3 was like 3X Pendable. <laughs> no, it wasn't. They really missed it not being Fate of the Furious. Like, what a mistake. Wasn't there a Fate of the Furious? That was just called F8. Oh. I thought there was a fate of the furious. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't um, know. I gave up on Fast and the Furious after Fast Five. I think so. I don't know. I've seen all of them except Fast X, and I'll see it when it comes on streaming for sure. Yeah. Yes, I, eight know. eight was the fate of the furious. Was it? Yeah, the fate of the furious though. So there's still time for them to go fate of the furious. Nah, F eight is what I was talking about. Because they famously, uh, the first movie is The Fast and the Furious, and then the fourth one is Fast and Furious. Fast and the Furious, Tokyo, yeah, like, I don't know. Um, one that we skipped, that I'm st- yeah. I'm, I'm kind of excited for, is... Uh, Sorry, it's spelled out, Fate of the Furious, not F8. F8, right. I'm calling it F8. I see, yeah, I see what you mean. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, one we skipped out on talking about a little bit. I think it's it may even be out already, um, or if it, it, it isn't, it's coming out soon. Um, the new white man can't jump. Uh, yeah, somebody directed that that I knew from music videos. Oh, really? Um, yeah, um, like not. I think it's the first time featured director Calmatic or something. Calmatic, like that. yep. Oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah. That's why it's not actually. So- I told you before we started recording that I had seen this and thought it was a remake as a TV show. I didn't even realize it was a movie. So I'll probably watch it here soon. Well, I, I like the original quite a bit. Oh, he also directed uh, House Party, which just came out on Max. It's uh, where those two kids have a house party at LeBron James' house. Oh, okay. It's like I a saw fun, that. goofy. Yeah. Um, I, so I was looking up who was in. Um, and Kevin, I know you're a fellow Friday Night Lights fan. Uh, Sinquala Walls? who plays the Wesley Snipes character Yeah, uh, was on Friday night lights and was uh, one of the running backs who, when Tim Riggins moved out, moved the wide receiver was like their main running back and forged the permission slip to, to play football. And his parents didn't want him to play football. And uh, Connie Britton convinced them that he was good at football yeah, and was like part of the like team to be 
yeah. They're like, no, he's like a mathlete. He's not going to be yeah. playing football yet. <laughs> so I was like, I've never heard of this guy. And then I looked at him, I'm like, oh, it's it, that dude is a thing? I didn't know that he was, like, blew up. Um, yeah, I didn't know that was on Hulu. So uh, that might not technically fit into this, but whatever. It um, fits. Streaming, there's so many streaming movies, they got to count. I did see he also played, uh, played uh, college basketball at San Francisco, so... Um, hopefully that made the filming much easier than it did with Wesley Snipes, who was yeah. like notoriously bad at basketball. Right. And they had to like really film around that. So uh, maybe that'll maybe that'll help make it better. But that uh, hopefully they don't didn't screw that one up because uh, White Men Can't Jump is one of the all timers. Agreed. Good movie. Um, have we missed anything? I think we've hit the big ones. Chronological. I got Guardians fast. Uh, Little Mermaid. Not really a blockbuster, but like st- stood to make a lot of money. Kind of flopped. Rehashing of old material that there were a lot of complaints. It was all right. Disney's just kind of in like the we're just going to live action like the classics yeah. now. and Just cranking plus, them out. I think let's just remake a thing that we're pretty sure will make another million or few million dollars. Yeah. We talked about The Flash. What was the other Disney one? Elemental was the Pixar Disney. Mm-hmm. Like all the elements put together in a little town and squabble and grow uh indiana jones transformers mission impossible uh barbie teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant oh, yes. mayhem august 4th i was gonna say wally i know you wanted to talk about that one yes thank you i wrote that was like the last one i'm excited for it kevin you sent me the uh the trailer the, yeah. like a couple weeks back and then i had this uh like this promotional credit on amazon like if you like agree to take your boxes you know like your shipments in like one box instead of two they'll like give you a credit so I've got, yeah. like, all those. So I bought the original 1990 movie and just watched it not too long ago. So I'm all pumped up for this. It holds up. The original. It really does. Uh, yeah. Uh, director Steve Barron, Steve Barone. I don't know. Anyway. And Elias Cody. There are, like, actually a lot of good people in it. And Jim Henson, Puppet Shop, 1990 version. This new one, though, uh, it's the guy's first feature, first solo feature. He's the guy who did Mitchell versus the Machines from, like, a year or two ago. Really fun, like, family animated comedy. Like, actually very good. Produced by Seth Rogen. And the soundtrack, the score, is going to be by the two guys from Nine Inch Nails who did Social Network and uh, Gone Girl. It's like Atticus Finch and... Uh, Trent Reznor. Or not Atticus. Yeah, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're getting into Ethan's, Ethan's other realm over there. He's getting all excited well, to talk about Trent Reznor. <laughs> I'm not really a big Nine Inch Nails guy, but I, I know who they are, of course. So who's so Hannibal Burris is Genghis Frog, whoever that is. Well, John 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 Cena plays Rocksteady, you know the rhinoceros looking dude. Yep. Jackie Chan is in it. Yeah, Jackie Chan's Splinter, right? Yes. Uh, Ice Cube is someone called Superfly. This movie's gonna be great. Like Post Malone, Giancarlo Esposito. Like holy crap, they got Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd. I think it's going to be legitimately excellent. And it's like, uh, I don't know if they got writing credit, but it's like written by Rogan and uh, his like little, the troupe that did like super bad and like, yeah, it's yeah, a coming of age. It's an actual like teenage mutant Ninja Turtles story. So yeah. Yeah. Wikipedia a- says screenplay by Rogan, Evan Goldberg, yep. uh, Jeff Rowe, Dan Hernandez, Benji Samet. Yeah. yeah. Rogan and Gold, uh, 
Evan Goldberg, right? Is that what he said? Yeah. Yep. Uh, they did super bad, like Kevin said, in Pineapple Express. So, like, it's probably going to be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is the end, which I love. Yeah, this Some is people, the end. Yep. I loved it. So it's probably <laughs> going to be pretty funny. I think the first hour of This is the End is maybe the funniest thing I've ever watched in my life. Did I cackled. I was, like, crying in the theater. Such a good movie. <laughs> the back half of it is still pretty good, but, like, the first – that first, like, half hour to, like, hour is unbelievable. Every Everything – everything, yeah. Everything Danny McBride does in both This is the End and Pineapple Express is, like, comedy gold. Like, I love it. <laughs> Not a blockbuster, but Righteous Gemstones is – back for season three and it's great oh yeah i'm loving danny mcbride's the man <laughs> what other call outs do we miss uh my old roommates have a movie that they worked on for like four years that got canned and is finally coming out on netflix called nimona it's like an animated kids movie okay uh, uh what else gran turismo august 11th i saw that i meant to like say, like, say that just saw the trailer for that yeah, yeah it's not for me but no me neither doesn't look great <laughs> i'm directed district nine yeah so we're like past we're getting past summer but i'm like more excited for the fall slate honestly that's where my most anticipated films are and we don't have to spend a lot of time on them because we're <laughs> primarily focusing on the summer but october 20th which is my birthday uh martin scorsese's killers of the flower moon comes mm. out so it feels like marty just gave me a birthday present so i'm pretty hyped up for that movie uh and then you got dune part two in November 3rd, November 10th, you got The Killer, which is uh, David Fincher's new movie. Yeah, That's, that's going to be on Netflix, I think. And then uh, the end of November, you got Napoleon, which is Ridley Scott's new film starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. So those are four of the movies that I'm, like, most excited for, uh, but they're not out until the fall. There's another yeah, Hunger Games coming out? It's like a spinoff, I think, okay. which yeah. I am not excited for, so... Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and they moved they moved that one marvel movie that was supposed to come out in uh july or august i think that's in november now too the marvels uh, Mar yeah miss marvel captain marvel 2 yep yep november 10th on the the thing i'm looking at yeah you named a bunch of ones the, the killers of the flower moon one i'm i'm excited about i'm reading the book it's a uh, non-fiction of course and it's like enthralling it's great um, so, and anytime Scorsese makes a movie, it's an event, right? So, he, like, I'm super pumped for that movie, and the the fact that it comes out on my birthday is like, you know, thanks, Marty, I, I appreciate you. So it's it's you know arguably my favorite director and my favorite uh, my favorite actor, Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, and then you know other people, Jesse Plemons is in it uh, in a in a major role, Robert De Niro's in it in a major role. So that movie's gonna kick a lot of ass, I think. Jesse Plemons is great in every role he's ever touched. He really he is. is like really one is. of the best actors. Would have never would have never expected it after Friday Night Lights, but he's no, great. Right after you walk out, you're like, you're not gonna but then Pop just Breaking Bad, uh Game Night, uh fucking Oh, what's the other one? He's good in the the Tom Cruise movie about the uh the cocaine smuggler. Yep. He's like I like name a role. He's great. Yeah. Jesse Plum kills it. He was really he good in Power of the Dog with not that much to do. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was still pretty good. Wait, you didn't see him being good after he had that awesome storyline where he killed a guy and then nothing ever happened in Friday Night Lights? And where he somehow dated that super hot chick. 
they like apologized for that storyline. The writers were like, "Hey, we we were forced into that. That was we didn't want to." And then Suc- Succession saw it and ripped it off. So, <laughs> spoiler. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. There's another. What else? There's another Greek wedding movie coming out. Yeah, I just saw the trailer for that on Friday too. I was like, really? <laughs> but people no, love was, those movies, so I don't know. the first I, they're one. Not, they're I've not for the, me, but I've seen my the first one. It's pretty good. Um, August eighteenth, Strays. It's that uh, live action. Dogs are talking. Will Ferrell, uh, Will Forte, uh, Jamie Fox, Isla Fisher, Randall Park, bunch of dogs. They like get abandoned. It's like uh, Homeward Bound, but they're gonna bite people. <laughs> Could be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm in for it. It's Josh Greenbaum directed it. He's the guy who did uh, Barb and Star, Go to Vista Del Mar. It's his only other feature. It came out like a year or two ago. Super indie. Saw ten. I mean, we might as well get the ten saws. <laughs> Holy people, shit, man! Yeah, people apparently dark. keep wanting those. Saw Saw X actually. Let's get yeah, it right. Saw X. <laughs> Else, I'm just scrolling down. There's another Aquaman, uh, new blo- a new Ghostbusters with Paul Rudd. I didn't see that one. The Paul hey, Rudd I got Ghostbusters. A bunch of right now. It was good, worth a watch. Another one that I didn't expect to have any kind of emotional response to, and then I'm like, yo, this movie is actually very good. Um, but yeah, they're shooting Ghostbusters right now. Uh, they just wrapped their New York unit, had a bunch of friends on it. Um, Looks pretty good. Nice. I'm now spinning down a, a thing that says two, 2023 date to be TBD. Um, there's a new Beverly Hills cop. Yeah. A lot of these are also weird because we are still, we are in day 53 of the ongoing WGA writers strike. So are they like held so, up? Oh yeah. Everything. I haven't been working in 53 days. Yep. So we're waiting for that to resolve hopefully the actor the actors have a contract that's about to expire on june 30th as well and hopefully they join the strike effort and then we're all back to work by like i don't know the next day. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah i think that beverly hills cop 4 has been rumored for a long time though so i wouldn't get your hopes too high on that just yet yeah i don't yeah. know i don't know how um how a uh, solid of a source cinemablend.com is but you know that's what we're that's what we're working with here it sounds like a website that would make smoothies. Ooh. I could go for a smoothie. Hell yeah. Or this blends two movies together that don't belong. Um, I think we hit most of them, boys, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah. We've been on here for 40 minutes. Is anyone still listening? Yeah, think? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, is anyone still listening? E, you're one of the other the loyal listeners that makes it through these things. Um. <laughs> I know, uh, I know. Big Cat Bill Gardner listens to most of them. Deep Dish listens to a lot of them too. Uh, doesn't usually miss too much. Outside of that, I don't know how deep anybody else is getting here. Depends shout on who's got long car. Shout rides. out to our friends in Germany. Yes, <laughs> the Germans have left us though. I don't think they're coming back. I, I, I think the German number has been pretty stagnant lately. They were like thirty weeks. They were killing it for me, and I think they've disappeared. You guys just sprechen Sie Deutsch? <laughs> Maybe. Is there a diehard we can talk about on here? Talk about Hans Gruber a little bit for him. Oh man, Alan Rickman. I wish that dude were still around. Another actor who like never made a bad move. Never never was in a bad role. He made bad movies, but like he himself always killed it. Yeah. All time great. Yep, he's great. Well gentlemen. Shout outs to, shout outs to Alan Rickman. 
<laughs> Shout out to Alan Rickman, as always. One love. <laughs> All right. Well, boys, uh, like he said, uh, we're, we're 40 minutes in here. I think that's probably uh, – I think we probably hit what we needed to. So, Ethan, Kevin, soccer, 40 minutes of movies. <laughs> yeah, there you go, baby. Awesome. Well, Ethan, Kevin, thank you, boys. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll do this again sometime. All right. Thanks, Wally. Later. Peace. Well, let's talk about the Guardians. Uh, four and two this week. Four and two. Not bad. Um, it felt – you know, sweep the A's. So two close games with the A's that could have been lost. Uh, extra inning game on Tuesday. And then a game on Wednesday. That uh, Bo Naylor, uh, fresh up, uh, seems to be, you know, hanging around for a little bit by the sounds of it. Uh, a big hit and a crucial moment in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Steve Kwan comes in next behind him and, and drives on a run. They end up getting a win. So. A 3-2 win and a 6-7 win uh, Tuesday, Wednesday to start off the series with the Athletics. And then Thursday is uh, Thursday was a disaster for the Athletics. I, I think they let up, ooh, I'm going to have to double check. Was it four of the six runs or was it five of the six runs uh, in one inning and they were almost all on walks or wild pitches? that were scoring runs after the bases got loaded four innings and four, four runs in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Let's see. Cam Gallagher walks miles straw to second. Gabriel Arias scores. Ahmad Rosario walks that scores straw. Uh, Ramirez walked Steve Kwan scores wild pitch. So three walks, a wild pitch. And then Jimenez uh, had a, uh, a little pop out to, to end the inning. So, just a disaster for the athletics. And that's, you know, kind of something you come to expect from a team that's uh, as bad as they are. I, let me pull up their record here while we're talking, get the, uh, the standings, the standings up. Uh, They are 20 and 60 now, 20 and 60 on the other end. The Rays are 54 and 27, Uh, 54 and 27. That's incredible. Braves are 49 and 27. They've played five less games. Diamondbacks, 46 and 32. Uh, so, yeah. So, so Cleveland. Then they they just get drummed Friday by, by the Brewers. Get a nice bounce back win on Saturday. And then today just feels like missed opportunities. Uh, a weird, I don't want to say it was a bad call. Because I guess by, again, I'm not the. Not the most up to date on uh, all the rules in baseball. I, I can kind of follow what's going on and stuff, but um, it uh, it was a weird bat- batter interference on a stolen base. Miles Straw steals second base. Gabriel Arias is batting his bat in the the lightest the lightest nicks on. Uh, the Brewers catcher's shin pad. And I mean the lightest. When you slowed it down in slow motion, it y- you have to look really hard to see that it touched him. And apparently, so they say, uh, that is uh, batter interference. And the, the runner has to go back, I guess. The runner went back. Next pitch, strike him out, throw him out, inning over. They go to extras. Give up a run in extras. Don't score in extras. That's the ball game. Uh, that felt 
that felt like a missed opportunity. I mean, there's always, there's the saying, what, you're going to win a third of your games in the MLB, you're going to lose a third of your games, and that's basically what happens with the other third. Is that, is it, you're going to win 60, you're, or is it, you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 60, is what you do with the other 40, whatever it is. That idea, this was one of those other 40 or other third. Like, Friday was a game you were going to lose, Saturday was a game you were going to win, this was the other one. And we did not win it this week, which, again, puts a damper on the week. This is the first time they've lost a series ending game in I, I think this I think they had won eight straight series ending games coming into this and coming off the sweep it would have been great to see a little 2-1 they would have gotten just a one game back of 500 uh just I think would have been a game and a half game back of the twins now uh, that's not going to be the case so you know on we go on we go uh, a couple other things before we move on to what we're looking at next week uh, class a league leader in saves. Now that, uh, he tied that, I think Thursday and then again, Friday or not. Yes. Thursday or whatever. I'm all screwed up because of the, they didn't play Monday, Wednesday. And then again, Saturday sound about right. Maybe. I don't know. Um, and the De La Cruz, uh, the guy from, they just called up in Cincinnati, Ellie De La Cruz. What a, what a stud. Now he's hitting for the cycle. My man is just going ham, busting it around. There's a great view. Of, it might have been Kirk Herbstreet of someone sitting on like the just slightly first base side of home plate. And you can see him busting it all the way around um, when he was going for the cycle. That was sweet. I do not like the runner on and extras. I don't know why. It just, that seems, I'm saying this and as a guy who loves the pitch clock. <laughs> It seems a little gimmicky to just put a runner on second base. I know they're trying to get stuff to end quicker, but I don't know. That that seems a little gimmicky. Come, again, coming from the guy who loves the pitch clock and has basically been the reason why I've kind of gotten back into baseball. I believe last Sunday was one of the best attended Sundays in Major League Baseball in like the last five or six years, too. I have no idea where I remember seeing that, but... Um, I saw it. I saw it. Uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say about class a, what a great trade in hindsight. Uh, he was part of the deal that, uh, when Kluber went to Texas to the Rangers, uh, really bad deal for Texas. Kluber only pitched one inning for them and had injury problems. Kluber never really been the same since he left Cleveland. And obviously class a, one of the best closers, if not the best closer in baseball. Uh, so Cleveland really made out well in, in that trade. Uh, coming up this week, we have the Royals in Kansas City. I almost caught their. I was almost going to catch their game like I did uh, when I was out <laughs> towards uh, towards Cleveland. Just the schedule just did not quite work to to be in Kansas City for that one. Uh, so uh, a road trip, three games on the road with the Royals, then three games uh, at the Cubs. Nobody likes the Cubs. Um, so obviously. The Royals stink. Worst team in the Central. They are not, the, the Athletics get all the like all the publicity. The Royals stink too. They are twenty two and fifty six. Those are three games that need to be won. Gotta have two or three minimum. Cubs, you know, they're they're very similar to to what we got going on. Thirty seven and thirty nine. Uh, three and a half back of the just absolutely stunting Ray uh, Reds. The Cubs are hot though. They've won eight of their last ten. So. 
Um, hopefully they cool off. Who do they got? Uh, who do they got in the meantime? Maybe if they got to get deep in, if they have a, a tough series before we get to town. Uh, they are hosting the Phillies. Yeah, they're hosting the Phillies Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we roll on the town Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Couple of day games down in in Cubby Land. I think the Cubs. Do the Cubs still play more day games than anybody else? There's a couple against the Red Sox. Yeah, it seems the Cubs play more day games than anybody else. I mean, there's a three of us of their series against the Cardinals in late July. They're playing three of four. Um, that's a series where they don't they have four games against the Reds where they play all night games, though. And then th- three straight games against the Braves, the all day games. So interesting. Obviously, the Cubs, last team, I think the last team in MLB to uh, put lights in. So. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what we got for the the old Guardians this week. So hopefully we got another good week coming. Uh, got to get at least two or three, I think. At least probably pushing three. Let's see if we can do two sweeps in back to back weeks. Um, get through the Royals and then see what we can do with the Cubs. Three wins against the Royals, maybe steal two or three from the Cubs. I think we'd have a that'd be a great week. Um, again. Just let's just keep having good weeks. Four and two. I know it seems kind of crummy right now, but four and two is a good week. So let's go guards. You ready for the most uninspired golf segment maybe ever on OWH? Here it is. I don't care, man. I, I've got enough to fill the show, so I don't even know why I'm worried about doing this, but I talk about it enough. There's a couple interesting things here. Keegan Bradley wins. Um, at one point he got it to 26 under and the PGA tour record for a four round tournament is 27 under, uh, coming off that he bogeyed a par five, made another bogey on 14, uh, another bogey on 16. He has hit it up to pin high on 18. Um, is this him hitting? Yeah. He just chipped it down to chipped it or putted it down to about a foot. So he's going to win by a few shots by three shots. He's going to shoot a couple under today. I think. Uh, he's marking, so I don't know. Um, and I mean, other than I didn't watch much, I was burnt out like coming back and wanting to watch a uh, an elevated event after the U.S. Open. I don't know, just didn't just didn't have it in me. There were some people going stupid low out there. I mean, Ches Reeve struggled today. He shot. He's going to shoot like two over. But my man shot 64, 63, 63 and was not winning after three rounds. Uh, Rory shot 64 today. I think he'd shot a 64 earlier in the week too. Maybe on Friday. Yep. Friday, 64, 68, 64, 66, 64. So good week for Rory T six. Um, Scotty Scheffler, of course, right there. He shoots 19 under, uh, Brian Harmon, Zach Blair, uh, finished three back at 20 under Patrick Cantlay. Kind of a, a lackadaisical 67 today by the looks of it. 61 on Saturday when people were taking it deep. Uh, Ricky Fowler shot 60 on Saturday, as well as Justin Thomas, I believe. He shot 60 on Saturday as well. Um, They couldn't quite follow it up with another really. Oh, he shot 62. I apologize. 64 on Friday. 
Uh, truth be told, I was when he shot 70 on uh, Thursday, I was like, yeah, because he fucking stinks. He, he figured it out a little bit. So maybe he can start playing better because we need him to start playing better because he's going to be a horse for the Ryder Cup team. We are about uh, once I get through or once we get through the British, I'm going to be all eyes to the Ryder Cup. Uh, just put it out there now. I may do a live show every night of the Ryder Cup. Uh, it won't even be night. It'll be they'll come out early. Uh, cause well, it won't be early Friday, Saturday will come out earlier. Uh, Friday may have to work. It may take the day off. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that, that's about all I got. I mean, do you want any more? The, the, what's the tournament next week? Rocket mortgage, rocket mortgage, the best play here, right? It's rocket mortgage, rocket mortgage. Gosh, I can't even speak. Golf. Rocket Mortgage Classic. That's Rocket Mortgage Classic. Why can't I speak? 29th? Yeah, that's next week. So, yeah, don't care. Don't don't care too much about that. Tony Fina will probably win that again. He loves winning that event. Um, all right. Yeah, let's, uh, let's keep her moving. How about some passing thoughts now? What do you say? Here's the first thing we're going to talk about. Slam ball. Slam ball is back, baby. July 21st, Slam ball is coming your way. Uh, Slam ball signed a two-year media deal with ESPN, and they are going to begin on July 21st. I have this sneaky feeling that it's something I'm talking excited about now. It sounds cool. I'm going to watch it for 10 minutes and be like, this shit sucks. I remember this a lot better because I watched it when I was 15 years old, and you couldn't look at your phone, and you couldn't see what else was on the other channels. And you didn't. I didn't have internet at my house growing up for the most part. Uh, so yeah, so slam ball probably not as great as it sounds in in theory, but uh, I am pumped to watch it for ten minutes probably. But I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Slam ball was pretty sweet. Uh, I'm interested to see if it holds up at all. But I'm willing. I'm willing to check it out. Don't really have it. Didn't really have a fight game segment here. Nothing I, I caught that caught my eye. Um, one little piece of news, Canelo Alvarez, three fight deal with PBC and Showtime, uh, will fight this fall against Jermall Charlo, the 160 pound titleist who has not fought in over two years now. Uh, they're targeting for that for, uh, September. Gosh, I couldn't think of the word September, uh, September 16th. That is Mexican independence day. I'm like 99% sure it's that weekend. I think that's the actual day though. Yep, Saturday, September 16th is Mexican Independence Day. He always fights around Mexican Independence Day that weekend. Uh, they're targeting Jermall Charlo for that. Then he'll have two fights in 2024, probably Cinco de Mayo, Mexican Independence Day again. Then, you know, those are probably, you're thinking, it's Benavidez in May or it's Benavidez then again in September. Um, if he goes through these three fights and doesn't fight David Benavidez, that seems like a loss. For everybody involved, uh, you hear some. There's people out there who you hear talk about Errol Spence, and I just don't know about that one because Spence right now is at 147, Canelo's at 68. While Canelo's not a big 68er, he wasn't even a big 60. I mean, Spence is at 47. 
and he has to come up to 54 and then probably at least 60. Like, at best, maybe this goes at 58. They do a catch weight. That's a long way up for Spence. And not as long of a way down. Like, I don't think... I I just don't see that as that enthralling of a throw. And people are like, oh, no, Spence is the guy. Spence could do it. I want to point something out that, that, I, that seems crazy in all of this, too. Errol Spence is older. He is older than Canelo. Not by a ton. They're almost virtually the same age. Canelo will turn 33 here in July, on July 18th, a couple weeks. Spence already turned 33. I feel like sometimes when they play this, they're like, oh, yeah, Spence is the younger guy. Like, he's, you know, I mean, in two years? Because this fight's not happening in May. Like, the Spence-Canelo fight's not happening in May of 24. If it happens, it probably doesn't even happen in September of 24. It's probably, like, in 25. So now we're talking about two dudes her who are, at that point, they're going to be 34, 35. Now, granted, Spence, a lot less miles. I mean, he had, he had a, uh, he had a um, gosh, an amateur career. But in the pros, he's only had 28 fights. Little different for Canelo. Canelo is 63 fights into his pro career. So a slight difference there. Again, not much of an amateur career for Canelo, I don't believe. But I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah, uh, Jamal Charlo, the fight that everybody wanted, but now they don't. That's happening in September. And then hopefully you get Benavides. So. Uh, bought some new golf clubs. I don't know if I mentioned it. I got some new golf clubs. Got fitted. A uh, place called Club Champion. It's pretty sweet. One of the cool things was they sent me an email afterwards. They're like, hey, you can come back and just practice, you know, hit balls. And, you know, they have track, man. So it was really cool to, like, go in. And I just hit every club in my bag. Hit, like, four or five balls to, to get my numbers. Because I had new clubs and I was sending them farther. And was kind of uh, missing shots because I didn't know how far they were going. Um, so going in and using TrackMan was really sweet. TrackMan's cool. Like you're seeing angle of attack, launch angle, uh, ball speed, smash factor, uh, you know, uh, top height, like how the ball comes down and then, you know, carry distance, total distance. So that was really sweet. That was really sweet. So if you ever get a chance to do that, do it. Uh, what have I been watching? What have I been watching? I caught uh, Terminator Genesis the other day. It's the Terminator. Uh, Arnold is in it, of course. And then um, I am blanking on everybody's name. Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. Why can't I think of her name? I got to I gotta look this up. I thought I could remember shit, but I can't. Amelia Clark. Good Lord. Jason Clark is in it. He plays um, uh, her kid, John Connor. Uh, Amelia Clark is Sarah Connor. Jai Courtney is Kyle Reese. I kind of like Jai Courtney. Like, he seems to be in some decent movies. And we're kind of swinging back into the movie terrain here. He's the bad guy in... He was in Jack Reacher. He was a bad guy in Jack Reacher, too. Then he was the the bad guy in in the Terminal List. Divergent. Didn't see any of those. He was in Suicide Squad. I remember that now. What else have I seen him in that I like him in? Terminator Chess. He's in something else that I like him in. He was also in The Suicide Squad. Is it just that in Terminal List? 
A good day to die hard. He's Bruce Willis's kid. Interesting. Um, I know this movie that everyone hates it. It has a critical response of 26%. What do the people say, though? What do the people say? B plus. I think that was kind of shitty. It was all right. It was it was a good watch. Like I have no problem. It was kind of dumb at points, but whatever. It was worth if if you if you like the Terminator series, check it out. It's worth a watch. I mean, it's not great. It's not good, but it's worth it. It's good. It, it it's not good. It's not not bad. It's not not good. But you walk away from it and be like, eh, it wasn't the worst. If you have nothing else going on, it wasn't the worst. Uh, uh, you know, part of your day. Um, tell you a movie that is fucking awesome. Uh, Hunt for Red October. Been watching Hunt for Red October at the gym when I've been running. Uh, been running a little longer just to just to keep watching Hunt for Red October and then, you know, call a little bit just to finish it up. God, that's a great fucking movie. Talk about a movie with dudes in it. The Hunt for Red October. There are people on top of people on top of people in this movie. Obviously, you got Sean Connery. Uh, also, directed by John McTiernan, who directs all sorts of banger movies. But the rest of the cast is just incredible. Um, Alec Baldwin, Tim Curry, Scott Glenn, James Earl Jones, uh, Sam Neill, Stellan Skarsgård. Who else? is There's somebody else in here that you recognize. Hmm. Somebody, they're, they're not listing somebody. Oh, well. It's an awesome movie. If you haven't ever seen it, check it out. Um, while we're talking about subs, the Titan sub thing, terrible tragedy, but how the fuck crazy do you have to be to get on that thing? You have to pay two fifty to do that, bitch? I don't know if I'd do that for two hundred and fifty grand. Like if you walked up to me right now and I hadn't known about this and like we're gonna pay you two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to go down to um the fucking Titanic and it's controlled by a fucking video game controller and like the fucking busted ones, like not even a good one, like the off brand one. I'd be like, uh, no, I'm, I'm all set, man. Some people are just fucking crazy. Absolutely fucking crazy. Apparently our Navy knew about it on Sunday and we didn't want to tell anybody. We just let them go around searching, but you know, that seems to be the way we do things. Seems to be the way we do things. You know, a little something for the big guy, if you will, a little something for the big guy. Tax evasion. Don't pay. Don't pay one point five million dollars in taxes. See what happens to you. See what happens to you. It ain't gonna go like it went for Hunter Biden. I'll tell you that much. Oh, while we're jumping around this shit, I saw a thing from Andrew Pompolino that commercial real estate is in fucking trouble. You know why not? Why shouldn't it be? Uh, apparently, uh, office use is way down, and buildings are selling for much less than they were listed for. Um, and that could be a thing here sooner or later. So we'll see. Uh, there was a attempted coup kind of thing in Russia with the, the Wagner group and the guy who led that and he was started a catering business. And then he's running this Wagner group. That's a private military made up of people of criminals and they were going to march on Moscow and everybody on Twitter was a fucking expert and was adamant that these are good dudes and they're going to turn it around and it was over faster than shit. And then they just fucking shrunk back away to talking about whatever else they were fucking experts on. There was plenty of people who were like, hold on. We don't know what this fucking means. Maybe we should see some videos, see some proof. And then there were plenty of people who were just like, 
I know what this means. This is means this and that, and this is gonna. Okay. Deep breath, people. Deep breath. I will say this. There are people who are always very, you know, vocal that, oh, we got to get rid of Putin. The next thing could be worse. Like, let's never forget that. The next thing could be worse. Like, there are bad, bad people in this world. And the, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And, like, the reaction to a Putin could be a guy who's way worse. Like, let's never forget that. People are fucking crazy. People are crazy. Uh, some food food stuff. Made some corn fritters this weekend. Corn fritters are good. Like me, some corn fritters. Made a chopped cheese. Saw a guy on Instagram singing about making me a chopped cheese. So I tried it out. Liked it. I liked it. Uh, problem is, there's no good sub rolls anywhere in the fucking state of Wisconsin. Or apparently anywhere in the Midwest. What's wrong with you people out here? Pizza and sub rolls. Figure it out. Figure out the pizza. Figure out the sub rolls. Then we'll be good. Um, couple golf things. Grinding on a couple golf things. Got some new gloves. Everybody loves that new glove feeling. Here's my one. This may be a hot take for my golfing golfing friends out there. I don't love the new glove feeling right away. I like it about around it. So I'm playing in a qualifier, a state AM qualifier on Monday. Um, it'll I'll be completed before this comes out. I uh, so I got a couple new. First off. I'm fucking an idiot. Why am I doing this? I have to put the fucking ball in the hole 18 fucking times. 18 times. The ball must hit the bottom of the hole. I can't just scoop it. I can't be like, ah, fuck it. There's a double. And just scoop it. Nope, I gotta put my sevens out, as my man Dakota used to say. I put out my sevens. Oh, new glove feeling. So I got new gloves for this, so I want to wear them. I didn't... I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like, oh, that's the best. You know what I think is the best? Uh, when I was putting my gloves on at about, granted, I wear my gloves, um, I wear two gloves, I have two gloves going at all times, I wear, I alternate holes, so about, like, the 15th, 16th hole, I was putting the gloves on, I was like, yep, this is the feeling I like, so I got, it's like a two, two round break in for me. All right, 18 fucking times, let's go fucking wrap this up. Closing time, everybody, uh, so... Just want to say thank you again to everybody. Uh, you guys know I appreciate y'all listening. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, keep listening. Keep sharing, if you will. Uh, remember, share, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Do all that fun stuff. Uh, big thank you to uh, to Ethan E. Sexton and Kevy, uh, producer Kevy. He, he tried to claim no producer, but uh, he's the man who keeps this thing rolling. Uh, so thank you to you guys for coming on. Had a had a great time chatting movies with you. Uh, we'll we'll be back next week. Don't know what the uh, the plan is yet. Uh, but we'll be back. We'll have something to talk about. I'm sure of it. Uh, I can run my mouth about anything. And uh, don't forget the Liquid IV link in the uh, in the description of the show with promo code OWH gets you 20% off all your orders. So don't forget to take advantage of that. So uh, until next week, peace. <laughs>